0: So there I was in the classroom in the mid 90s trying to get everybody's attention by making them laugh, not knowing that I was actually trying to acquire likes. And this is way before Facebook, Instagram and social media as far as what it is today. Welcome to the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories. Life. You're born into the world, you grow, you mature, you go to college, you start a career and a family. It looks like everything goes as planned. Or does it? Yo, what's up, people? Um, Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on when you're listening. Welcome to the latest episode of The Glory Not Stories. Um, So, yeah, I wanted to get on here and just do... I've been doing a lot of interviews. Well, a lot of um, solitary um, podcast episodes. Um, Been reaching out to a couple of people. I will have a guest on the next episode wanted to just change things up a little bit Um, but I just wanted to use this season uh, to talk about experiences that I've had and my goals as far as making sure that I continuously learn from them and learn from other people I believe that that helps Um, relationships are very important it is the most important aspect of life coming from um, a um, background in Christianity seeing that God is God wanted and, st- and still wants a consistent relationship with us. Um, it just blows my mind because even on my worst days, he sees the best in me. And that's what I want to do. I want to be able to see the best in people even at their most at their worst moments. And most of the things that we experience in life is reactionary to what happened to us previously and is human. Of us to get upset. It is human of us to retaliate uh, with harsh words or even with our fist. Unfortunately, a lot of us have uh, succumbed to using violence as a response, which isn't uh, the best way to deal with an issue, uh, but we get so impatient and fed up with the chronic problem of being misunderstood. So we we retaliate as such. Um, so anyway, um, but yeah, I just wanted to do a couple of episodes geared around uh, centered around experiences that I've had in my life and hopefully it can help someone. So that's why I share them. Uh, but in this particular instant, I wanted to talk about like my experience in school um, because I know I'm not the only one that did this. But over the last couple of months, I've been di- diving into the psychology of my life and trying to figure out what's the 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 core reason for why i've done what i've done or even thought the way that i thought uh so yeah so the title of this particular episode um is looking for likes in 1998 looking for likes in 1998 so uh just to give context 1998 um I started high school in 2000 so in like 1998 I was probably like seventh grade seventh or eighth grade um if that's the case I was like what 13 maybe 13 or 14 so uh, you know I was a fresh teenager very awkward stage for a lot of us um is <laughs> nowadays it's funny seeing teenagers um, in 2021. Because a lot of them, honestly, are doing things that I didn't even do till I was in my 20s. So, you know, they already had ahead of the game. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyway. I remember being in middle school. My grades, the grades that I were making were acceptable. They were acceptable. I wasn't trying my best. I wasn't the um straight a student that would later go to college and be a part of the the honor society you know stay up in the, the the 3.0 grade point average bracket that wasn't me i was the type of student that just did enough to get by um mom had to continuously remind me so that cj it's not that you and that cj again if you ever hear me hear me say cj that's the family nickname that i have been going by uh, since as long as I can remember so whenever I'm out somewhere and I hear somebody say hey what's up hey CJ and knowing where my family lives I'm like okay this person knows me from high school because that was the last time I used that name um continuously you know in a large group setting uh, so when people say hey, what's up CJ I, I, I know it immediately it, without me looking at the person it immediately takes me back to high school Cause that was the most recent period even though it was over what man it's almost 20 years wow my classmates and i are going to be celebrating 20 years in 2014 no 2024 sorry that's crazy man i feel old anyway so yeah um around this time i was class clown um I was trying to get attention because I honestly thought that's how you make friends is making them laugh. But when you're being disruptive. When you're preventing other people from learning. Not only that, when you're preventing the teacher from teaching. You become a hindrance. But as a kid, you don't see it that way. When people start saying things to you, you feel like you're attacked. You feel like you're cornered. You feel like you misunderstood, um, but in a sense, you're actually in a position where you are. You're trying to. You're trying to maneuver through life. You're trying to put yourself in position where people can see you, can see what you're about. But the way that I went about doing it wasn't right. So I was trying to figure out what that was the equivalent to. And if I had to compare it to something now, it would be like being an Instagrammer or being someone who's famous on TikTok. Now keep in mind, there are a lot of people who are Instagram influencers, who are making very rich content that is very meaningful and influential they are they are answering questions like if somebody says um i'm feeling very horrible today what what is it what can i do to cheer me up and then all of a sudden you see this influencer go to a donut shop and just record themselves eating delicious donuts and they're smiling and they're basically saying yo it's friday start of the weekend i'm about to grab me some donuts because that's what i want and that's what i want right now and that's what i'm going to get and that's what's going to make me happy and they just answered your question if your question was what can i do now that will make me happy what can i do now that can satisfy me uh within my means and going out to get some donuts just might be it It may be going to your friend's house. It may be listening to your favorite song that you have not heard since you were a kid. But people are in a position due to social media where they can display that at any given moment. All they have to do is record and post and then millions, thousands, if not millions of people have access to that one moment, even if it's just a couple of seconds. So back then when we didn't have that. We had to figure out. So, what can I do to draw attention to myself? Because that's basically what we're doing. Uh, but when you're a kid, your world is smaller, and you become a little bit, a little bit more selfish. <laughs> uh, you're given the benefit of the doubt because you're a kid. Your your world is small, and all you see is yourself. You go. You have your own room. Um, if you're privileged enough to have that, um, fortunately, that's the position I was in. Because not only was I the youngest, I was the only boy. Um, so I had my in my room at the time. I think I had a I had my room at the television n 64 and You know late at night sometimes I Like I've always been a fan of sleeping on the floor because it's cooler down down there I hate being hot when I go to sleep uh, So I would probably put my mattress on the floor turn the television to channel Is it was it 24? I remember channel 61 was BET channel 60 was MTV channel 62 would be 62 was VH1 Um, I think 42 was like USA so I think Cartoon Network was probably in the 40s or the 20s I don't remember it being because sports was in the 30s then you had channel 5 was HBO channel 7 was uh, TBS um, not TBS um uh, what was numbers yeah i think it was tbs yeah i think channel 5 channel 7 was tbs um channel 11 was fox and these were just local channels It may obviously it's going to be different in different states area codes i think but anyway that's what i had and those are the only things i had to entertain myself so but when i got to school i needed i, I saw that everybody else had their own clicks everybody had their own uh, circle of uh, of 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 close uh, individuals that they can pour themselves into also when you're a kid i mean you're just into playing i was playing sports at the time actually i played baseball for a while and then i maybe like right before high school i said i don't want to play anymore and i remember I remember just getting into a lot of trouble because I would just make random noises and say random things uh, just for the sake of people drawing attention to me. And I thought that the best way to build relationships, friend friendship wise, was that. And to be honest, at that time, I only had one friend that I don't even think... In hindsight, I don't even think we were like really good friends. Like, I would go over his house, he would come over my house sometimes, but it was just a lot more fun over his house uh, because things were different. It was just things that I wasn't used to. Um, he, he, too, had an N64, um, he had more games, obviously. Um, he was into basketball and he was a lot better than me, so we would play basketball. Um, I hang out with his family, it was fun. I ain't gonna lie I had a lot of fun but that was the only friend I had um, my friends really didn't come into the picture until high school um, that's where I, I met my my best man my best friend my male best friend who is now my brother um, I met him and I met him and was it I think it was seventh grade I met him in 7th grade. We didn't have the same classes. And um, hold long. Yeah, we had we had like one class in 7th grade. Um and then once we got to high school, we started playing basketball almost every weekend. That's how our our friendships and relationship developed. And here we are now, 2021. Literally living down the street from each each other, it just happened to be that way, and he's family now. You know, that's that's just fortunately that's how it, how it how it evolved. But when I was a kid, I just thought that was the best way to for somebody to like me. I mean, if I can compare myself to a television character, I was Chandler. I was Chandler Bing from uh, Friends. Chandler had, was notorious for having. um quick wit uh, when it came to responding to situations and things people said and uh he even admitted as a character in the show that sarcasm is his defense mechanism um it covers up his insecurity and i was like huh i ain't really think about that but he admitted to that so anyway that that's what was happening i was covering my insecurity because i didn't think i had anything to offer as a person and I've told my wife this several times, and she had to remind, you, remind me, like, what made you think that? And that's the thing. It's, it was a narrative that I was feeding myself. I was feeding this narr- myself this narrative that I needed to be liked. And the only way to be liked was to make people laugh. Now, there's a difference between making people laugh and being a comedic genius. Like, you can make... Spark noises as a kid and make somebody laugh. You can um, pull a prank and make somebody laugh. But after some point, that gets old. You know, depending on who the person is, it may offend that person. It doesn't, at some point, when it doesn't require some form of creativity, uh, then it's just a harsh joke. And I didn't have. I wasn't using my creativity to make people laugh. I was just doing things abruptly and assuming that that was uh, drawing people closer to me when actually it was drawing people away. I remember this one girl that I really liked in middle school. I drew her name and everything. And, you know, the whole, um, almost the entire sixth, I think it was sixth grade, knew I liked her but i remember going into the bathroom and one of my classmates said yo did you did you hear what what's the name said and it was her and she's like what do you mean it was like what does she say she said well she thinks that you're immature and the irony was i didn't know what immature meant so i was like huh so i later found out and i was like wow that's what she thinks of me and that slightly changed my attitude so Um, But I remember my mom, and I've said this before, I've said it a lot of times. I remember my mom telling me, hey, I'm going to tell you something. Um, When you act up in class, your classmates are not laughing with you. They're laughing at you. So going fast forwarding, fast forwarding um, to this current. Um, meme culture where if you do something good or you do something bad more than likely if you do something bad and that's funny that's going to start trending it's going to end up being on on a loop on social media next thing you know somebody placed it a part of some remix and they apply it to music and it just becomes epic it becomes timeless Um, but nowadays it's funny because to a certain degree memes retire if you notice, uh, certain memes were trend for a couple of years and then they just stop and on to the next thing. So, um, But what I was doing was setting myself up to be laughed at. He's the guy who's a, a disrupting class and obviously isn't paying much attention to his grades. But in the midst of all that, I was writing. And the only way people saw that was when I would like probably uh, um, present something. But a lot of people didn't know that I was a writer because I was so busy trying to acquire laughs. And to use um, modern terminology or modern concepts, I was so busy trying to gain likes um, that I overlooked That I was lacking connection. That I was lacking relationships. So through writing. I was able to express my thoughts. But also. Provide an introspection. um, Of. What it looks like to be human. Because a lot of things that I was experiencing. I didn't know how to express them. So I wrote them out. And people really didn't know. What I was feeling unless they read it. Or heard me read it. So, that was just a a huge eye-opener for me. So, fast forward to now, me being 35 years old, I'm undergoing some counseling. There's some things that I have to deal with um, now that I never really paid attention to. But I I want to take this opportunity to elaborate on this overall idea of doing something as a kid thinking that it's okay and never actually resolving it and then becoming an adult and seeing the connection between that kid and me and who i am now and i don't mind sharing this i've actually shared this on my blog It's probably the longest blog post i've ever done but it was the best way to describe what's been going on so i'm using this opportunity to express My psychology because I know that not just some other person but another man um, is undergoing this experience and I just wanted to remind you that you're not alone you're not alone so this is the best way I can explain it just to give you an overview a recent incident happened with me where I caused a great degree of confusion to the point where I had to ask myself Am I crazy? Am I complicated? Am I the problem? So I had to dig deeper and and like really, um, really examine my psychology in reference to all of this. So this is the analogy. This is the metaphor that I created um, for myself to explain my situation. Just to give you context. I have been giving I have been feeding myself a certain narrative in relation to who I am opposed to acknowledging what I was always created to be. I was focusing on one aspect when I should have been focusing on the other. And in that process, I was like, man, this why is this an issue? But now that I'm older and I look at it from an objective point of view. I see how disruptive, I see how how chaotic it was. I was in a storm. I was in a storm. And this whole time, I'm thinking that the storm is created by everything that surrounds me. When in actuality, I'm the one creating it. So, in my mind, and and one show that I, I, I grew up watching and stopped watching due to me being interested in other things is Doug. Uh, doug from nickelodeon um doug funny is obviously a character who exposes the audience members to his inner thoughts but doug never really acts them out he just thinks them ends up making a decision and saying hey this is how it's going to be and he misses out on opportunities he misses out on growth so and that's my opinion so i've always been the type of person that operates in my head I would say something, do something in my head, but I never, uh, I would never act it out. I would never allow it to transfer into my reality, into reality that we live. So in my mind, there's a room. And in that room is three people. Those three people are three versions of myself. The first version is me as a boy, the second version is me now. The third version is me as an older man. The younger version of me is the kid that I've always been up until, you know, from from childhood to even my mid-twenties. Intense amount of immaturity, bad decision-making, typical. The current version of me is me dealing with all of the, dealing with the residue of all those decisions and trying to figure out where do i go from here the third version is the version of me that i don't see yet and the only version that i have no idea who and what he is (laughs) and um so going back to me being the, the being the younger version the current version now keep in mind this i in this room there's only three people it's nothing else because everything passes through thoughts actions ideas everything passes through and then things happen so my current self is fussing at my younger version as in the, my current self is fussing at the boy version of who I am because the boy version did not take up for himself when he was a kid did not take up for himself didn't respect himself when he was younger And that that boy version has his head down because he feels bad about disappointing my current version. And my current version is just fussing at that boy version with his finger. I'm I'm just so upset with him because I'm like, it's because of you that I'm the way that I am. But the oldest version is the only one that's standing there with his hands down and he's quiet because he's waiting for whatever's going on between me now me as a boy to resolve and at this moment i'm thinking somebody has to come in here and facilitate somebody has to bring things together somebody needs to apply order and for me the only person that can do that is god i recalled the verse for i knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb it's jeremiah 1 verse 5 I would read that for more context in reference to Jeremiah because that, that explains in itself. Uh, but I remember that God knew us before we were formed. And if he created us, that means he knew that everything that comes after birth, everything that comes out in our character, isn't new to him because he created us which means he knew which means he made that a part of us a part of who we. they our characteristics are are, our ingredients um uh, that are part that 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 are involved in the overall making and molding of who we are so god comes in the room he sees the boy version, he sees the current version, and he sees the older version, and he sees this chaos and he sees this mess. He sees the arguing. He sees the disappointment. He sees the, the lack of confidence. And instead of saying you all, he says you. He says without yelling, without screaming, without even clapping his hands to get our attention. He simply says, you are not crazy. You are not complicated. The younger version of me who has my head down lifts my head up. The current version of me that's arguing with my finger out puts my finger down and I look at him. The older version, the oldest version of me, the version of me that is I have not seen yet is listening intently to what God has to say. And at that moment, I'm reminded that I'm okay. That. All things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So everything that has happened, everything that is happening and everything that will is a part of God's elaborate plan. To get me to live out the purpose in which I was born to fulfill to complete. And one thing that I he I can hear him saying is you may look at this as a mess, but I look at it as a masterpiece. Because I'm responsible for all these brush strokes. I made you. It's not an issue and it won't be one. Let's continue to move forward as you evolve into what I created you to be. And I'm gonna say this, and then it will be the end of the episode. One thing that my my beautiful and lovely wife reminded me of, we were sitting on the couch and I was telling her this, and she said, CJ, that that boy was just a kid. How do you expect a kid to have a 35-year-old mentality? How do you expect a kid to have a 30 to have 35 year old wisdom to have 35 year old experience? How do you expect that child to do that? You should be more graceful. And then I even had to ask myself, you know, I'm not a parent yet, but I was like, am I going to treat my child like this? I hope not. We can say we will, we can say we won't, but we really won't know until we're in the thick of it, at least until it becomes a reality. So going back to. uh, To the title of this episode, which is looking for likes in 1998. Instead of looking for likes, I think I was looking for love. But I was looking for love that I'd already had, had that love with my family. And a part of me was looking for something outside of that. Not knowing that I would eventually have that. Later. That love. A part of that love is me marrying my wife. And my wife constantly telling me. Like Calvin when we met. I I knew what I was getting into. But I see God in you. Just like when God walked into the room in my head where it's all three versions God said I I knew what I was walking into because I created you and I didn't come in here to break you I didn't come in here to fuss at you I came in here to move with you to fall forward with you I'm here to take the boy the man and the older gentleman and remind you that you are okay you are not too complicated you are not too complex you are not too unorth- you are not too unorthodox for me and that's the love that i needed to be reminded of so if you find yourself looking for something, more than likely it's something more. And if what you are looking for is it somewhere you know, in a situation or is, it's is a part of a, of an essence that's just not fulfilling you, then maybe you need to look somewhere else. Or maybe you need to look back on something that you've always had. So, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, if you came to listen to this particular episode thinking, expecting something different, I apologize, but I think that was necessary, fellas. I just want to remind you that you're not alone. I know a lot of decisions that you got to make right now, and you're feeling like the world is on your sh- on your shoulders, but actually, the world isn't. Actually, what's on your shoulders are the men that came before you the men that are there now and god reminding you hey it's gonna be okay you're good we got you we see that you need help so we're gonna help you we're gonna help you get to where you were destined to be so i just want to remind you that you're okay that you're loved that you're not crazy and you're not complicated Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful weekend. Have a wonderful week. Have a wonderful month. Have a wonderful year. This is the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories with your host, Calvin Wimpy Jr. On this episode titled, Looking for Likes in 1998. Yo, thank you for listening. Tune in next time for the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories.